are we all doing this evening? Very good. Wow, I really can't see very many of you at all. I'll stand back here. It is such a privilege to be up here being able to speak. We're continuing with uh, the Proving God series that we've been doing for a number of weeks now. And I just, I love this as a series, as, as a whole theme of, of, of messages, something that is uh, an inspiration. It's something where it sort of in, puts a bit of enlightenment upon some of the uh, response of being a Christian that it requires. You know, some of the, some of the desires that, that, that are within us, some of the just responsibilities that are upon us just in, in being Christians that we would uh, just be there representing, representing God in everything that, that we do, that our lives should really be a reflection of what God's doing, that our, our lives, we're not looking, you know, there's all sorts of things in the world that are trying to prove that God isn't real. But you know what? There is so much proof in people's lives. Yeah. When we hear those praise reports, there is proof that yeah. God is doing amazing things. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what is said. It doesn't matter what is tried to be proved. Those theories will die. Those yeah. theories will become obsolete. But what won't come obsolete is God and His power. And it's every single day. How many babies have born? Probably millions and millions, billions of babies have been born over the year. But you know what? We heard a testimony this evening of one that came in exceptional circumstances where God intervened and God moved and blessed the family and made it, took, took what could have been a moment of tragedy and turned it into one of celebration. Isn't God good? Let's give God glory before we go any further here tonight. So the Proving God series that we're, we're doing is we're, we're exploring just the idea that our lives should embody qualities that testify of God. You know, God has wisdom. God has power. God has grace. And those are things that we can have. Those things are things that we can have in our lives. The things that just sort of uh, burst forth. That people should be able to witness. That just there is grace upon our lives. That there is power upon our lives. That there is wisdom on our lives. You know, we've discussed how, how God's influence upon our lives should have a profound effect. Should have a profound effect. That, that we do not live an ordinary life. Our lives should be discernible from ordinary. You know, we don't ask to just be... One of the misconceptions of being a Christian is you are a good person. Well, you know what? Anyone can be a good person. Some people find it really hard to be a good person. But really, you can be a good person without ever knowing God. Where, what, what, what it comes from knowing God is far greater, far more profound than, than just being a good person. It's a, it's a life that, that has just extraordinary qualities. You know, wisdom is not something that you can read in a book. It's something you just receive from God. It's, it's revelation that, that, that can move situations, move circumstances. That is what wisdom is. That is something we receive from God that takes us out of the ordinary into the supernatural. No, his impact should be evident through the quality of the decisions we make and the integrity of our attitudes and actions. Should be tangible. People should be able to see it. They should be able to recognize it. One of the, I think when, when you meet someone, uh, like almost a stranger, and you have that sort of moment where 
you work out that each other are Christians. And, you know, sometimes it can take a few weeks, months, sometimes even years. But, but when that person says, you know, I always thought you were a Christian. I, I always thought you were a Christian. You know what? Th- but there is something to say about your testimony. I've, I've met people who, after, uh, when I was at university, actually, I, I met a guy that I went to church uh, because I'd started going to church. I hadn't really been going to church much for the previous three years. But I went to church, and, and there was this guy from my course. And I'll tell you what, I was really surprised he was a Christian. <laughs> At least I had the excuse of being backslidden, but it's like, wait a minute, dude, what have you been up to? <laughs> Living a bit of a dual life there, but uh, you know, there should be something just noticeable, a witness, a testimony from our lives. You know, and, and God imparts himself into us through our relationship with him. You know, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's you know, you can go to university and get a degree and you can become an engineer. You can become an accountant. But you learn about God or, or you begin to sort of develop those things by not necessarily studying books. The Bible is a book, but it's so much more than a book. Uh, but it's really about relationship with God. That's, that's how in our lives that we prove God. It's just that deepening, closening relationship with God. You know, and, and communicating with him, communicating through prayer every single day just that that prayer is just such a gift to us prayer is such a gift if you can imagine for a second some of us are numb to this fact but but God is actually the author of creation like actually all that stuff in Genesis 1 is totally and amazing and yet we have the opportunity that we can pray to that same being and bring ourselves before him what an awesome thing that is isn't that amazing but in the Old Testament if you wanted to sort of be in the presence of God you had to be like basically there was one person in the entire world who was able to do that and everyone else would die because it was just too much to be in the presence of God and we today can stand at any time we want and just be within the presence of God what an awesome privilege that is and yet it's such a privilege but yet it's so readily available to us we almost take it for granted we are have such a privilege to be able to communicate with uh, with God through prayer it's such a blessing to have I want to share just a very quick story just just kind of loosely related to that subject but uh, I, last, yesterday I was going to say last Saturday but last Saturday was actually yesterday uh, for me anyway <laughs> yesterday I, uh, me and uh, my family went down to Glasgow and in Glasgow uh, we went to visit my brother my youngest brother and his wife and their very newborn baby they have a little baby that's just over a week old called Reuben and uh, we went along, we met him for the first time, and Laura didn't put him down for about six hours. And uh, <laughs> she even said, oh, just, Eliana, just, just go to sleep. I'll, I'll just hold this child. That's, this, is, uh, this is awesome. Uh, but we went there, and, and we went to their flat, and they, they have a really lovely apartment. It's, uh, it's sort of on the top floor of one of these, I, I guess, just apartment blocks. But it's, it's quite old, and it's a very unique kind of space. It's quite open plan. I've never really seen a place like it before. It's all on one level, but not really, because there's all these different levels. And uh, it's really cool. It was a really nice apartment. There's a million ways for this child to hurt itself, I should point out. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my brother was watching to see how my youngest son, Ben, would fare. You know, to see you know, how badly hurt he got within an hour of being there. It's like, this should tell me how I need to childproof my flat. But uh, it, was, it was great time there. My, my uh, kids, my, my oldest two, Nathan and Lily, uh, had never been to this flat either, and so they were just running around the place finding all the little nooks and crannies and uh, we were sitting in the living room at one point and 
Nathan and Lily uh, had just made their way through to Joe and Eliana's bedroom, just, you know, to hang out there because that's what children do. And uh, <laughs> my brother walked into his bedroom, and, and there was Nathan just sitting flat out on his bed. <laughs> I think he'd stolen someone's phone or something like that, so he commandeered it. He was watching nature programs on it. And uh, as my brother came into the room, he, uh, Nathan jumped off the bed, and he looked my brother right in the eye, and he said to him, I wee quite a lot. <laughs> he said, said, I wee quite a lot. So I'll stand next to the bed so that I don't wee on your bed. <laughs> and my brother was like, all right, that's very thoughtful of you. <laughs> and I remember my brother came through sort of just telling all the story. I thought, to, I just thought about my son Nathan, I thought, please don't ever stop talking. Don't ever stop saying those sorts of things. You know, my, my children, they come up with the craziest stuff, and that might be one of the craziest things he's ever come up with. And I don't want my children to ever stop talking. For them to come out and to say these things, to, to just have a freedom of expression, to be able to just... Uh, just express themselves is it's such a precious thing and and as a father I, I I just love to hear them talk I absolutely adore hearing them talk and and telling me about their you know, not just about what they've done but almost a perspective on what they've done it's it's such a precious thing and I get a sense that 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 God just through prayer has this very it has in a way a, a, a similar thought in in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 to 18 God says he says Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Never stop praying. I think that's, that speaks so much for God's heart. Just never stop praying. And, and it's, it's because he knows that by, by that, by that constant communication, we'll always remain close to him. We'll always remain close to him. And it also says, the other parts in the verse, it says, always be joyful, be thankful in all circumstances. I think those things flow out of having that constant communication. When you are close to God, when you remain close to him, when you, when you open up your life to him, you will, you will find that just joy comes forth. Thankfulness will come forth, that you will have a close relationship with God. And, and out of that close relationship, joy and thankfulness will just be proving points on your life. Proving points that just show that, just, that, that, that God has such an impact and such an influence upon you. See, words color our perspective. Words color our perspective so much. When, when you listen to other people, you listen to the words of other people, they can just change your perspective on a situation. Uh, at my work, and probably uh, many other people's works right now, there's a lot of talk about redundancy and you know, what's going to happen in the future and, and, and what's going to happen maybe in the workplace. And I hear these conversations on a very regular basis. And you know what? My, my natural response, my instant response is a sense of like foreboding. Like I have this, this very instance, it's almost like this not very pleasant feeling in the pit of my stomach. And, and although I can just very quickly just turn my thoughts to God and just say, you know what, you are God of every circumstance. You are God of everything that I'm going through right now or, or, or everything that might be in my future. So I will walk because I walk the path of the righteous. But that said, still in those moments, there is a colouring of my perspective. There's, there's something in the words of others and like almost the agreement of others that this is a bad situation and who knows how it's going to turn out. And it, and it absolutely has an effect on you. Does everyone know what I'm talking yeah. about? Everyone knows that it might not even be voluntary, 
but it still has an effect on you. Yeah. See, those, those, the commentary on the scenario, whatever, whatever you listen to, what, what sometimes you listen to actually comes out in what you say. Yeah. And it might not even be stuff that you necessarily agreed with yeah. in the first place. Our, our views and our opinions are molded by surrounding voices. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with people who speak just positive and, and truth. More than positive, because anyone can speak positive. Positive is a point of view, to be honest. But truth, speaking the word of God, when it says, do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren, it's because those voices, those surrounding voices, are so important. So important to be in a place like this. You know, I've heard many people tell me, I just do church on my own. That's brilliant. But where are all the other voices? Voices. And when I say that's brilliant, I don't really mean it. <laughs> it's not really brilliant. What's brilliant is coming into a place that even if you come into it and you don't feel at the very top of your game, that just there is an agreement in a room. There is an agreement, a confession that God is good. God is moving. God is the God of my circumstances. God is leader in every scenario. He is my guide. He is my truth. And, and, and that is something that you can get behind. That is something that lifts you up. The chorus that, that presses in around us can, can form your train of thought. You can come in here with a stinking attitude. But when you hear that chorus, when you hear that, oh, 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 and you look around and you're like, it's great being a Christian, right? It's rocks to be a Christian. But it's a little bit, that chorus, it molds your train of thought. It's absolutely amazing. The conversations that we engage in, just they form the landscape that we inhabit. Yeah. You know that you can have two people living in very, very, different, uh, very similar circumstances, but have totally different outlooks on it. Yeah. Totally different outlooks on it. Why is that? Is it because it's not about what the circumstances are. It's about how they're viewing it. It's, and, and I believe there's so much. It's, it's what they're agreeing with. It's what the conversations they're agreeing with. It's, it's the perspective of their collective, of their community, of the people they're around. The voices they let sort of shape that landscape. It's so important. Words are so important. They sculpt the life around us. But there are voices everywhere. Voices everywhere demanding our attention. Ceaseless, ceaseless talking that is trying to capture and command our minds. And one of those voices, <laughs> but a good voice. <laughs> I remember when I was, uh, I guess I would have been sort of in my mid-teens, I would come home from school and I would put on the radio. And I'd put on the radio and pretend to do homework. And, uh, <laughs> and I would listen to, uh, it was Drive Time Radio 1 in the late 90s. It was Chris Moyles. And I would listen to Chris Moyles every single day for probably years and years on end. I would listen to him for at least an hour and a half, possibly two hours, every single day. And this was before he was in the breakfast show and a little bit more censored. This is with him when he had just ridiculous ideas. And I remember those ideas just becoming ideas that I adopted. Like I would listen to them constantly and, and, and I would find that I would adopt his ideas. The same, uh, I used to watch Jonathan Ross a lot and I used to think he was hilarious. And he would say stuff that was really outlandish and I would find myself not just agreeing with it. Agreeing with it is one thing, but I would adopt it, like as if I had the same outlook on life. Do people kind of know what I mean? When there's people, those voices, incessant voices in your life, maybe they're voices of people who you know, maybe they're just voices from greater media, but they, they, they have something that is 
engaging and it engages you and it draws you into their world it draws you into that way of thinking and some of those thoughts some of those ideas are very good and very positive but many of them aren't many of them have an agenda many of them want to sort of bend your will bend your will towards theirs just bring you around to their way of thinking you have to be so careful about what 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 sort of points of view what sort of attitudes you're willing to adopt whether you are listening or not, something is always being said. You know, whenever you turn the radio on, there's always something there. I was uh, recently offshore. I was offshore in, uh, in, in Norway, right, right at the very top of Norway. And, and it was the first time I'd been offshore on a crew that was predominantly Norwegian. There's usually quite a strong Norwegian uh, contingent because I work for a Norwegian company, but this was one where I was really just a handful of people that, 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 that wasn't Norwegian. And as I would imagine would be fairly expected is they spoke Norwegian quite a lot. Now, I don't speak Norwegian in the slightest. And so they would sort of, most of the time when we were having like sort of professional discussions, like about the job that we were doing, it would all be in English because they had to appreciate the fact that I was too dumb to learn Norwegian. <laughs> and they'd taken the time to learn English. But when they were just sort of any other time, not all of the time, but, but certainly for large portions of it, they would just, if they were having just sort of casual conversations, they'd chat away in Norwegian. And there'd be times where they'd be chatting away, and I would, I'd be listening, trying to gauge the tone, and then they'd all burst out laughing, and I'd smile foolishly, because <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. And sometimes they would turn to me and say, oh, did you get that? And I'd be thinking to myself, I haven't learned Norwegian in the last five minutes, so no, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> but... There was conversations going on, but I was not in sync with them. I was not in sync with the tone of those conversations. I wasn't in sync with the content of those conversations. I didn't know what was going on. And yet I was standing right there. I was standing right in front of them. And yet I couldn't make out a single word they said. Well, I could make out the words, but they made no sense to me whatsoever. There, there was words. It was ceaseless talking, but I had not engaged with it whatsoever. So I was not able to participate. I was not able to contribute. I was not able to engage with what was going on. See, God is always talking to us. The, the Bible, the Bible has just this. You can open up the Bible and there is, there is the, the words might not change, but when you read them, they hit you like, like a wave and different things occur to you because, because God is talking to you because it is living word. They call it the, the reamer word when, when God just speaks life to you and it can hit you. It can be the same verse. I'm amazed that when I read verses that I've read, Ten times before that God can just hit me with, with, with a new revelation. God is always talking to us. And, and that's not, uh, uh, with the Bible, it's always there. It's like this physical thing. You can pick it up and you can open it up so you know that he's always talking to you. But, but God is there in himself and in the, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to talk to you constantly. He has so much that he wants to impart to you. So much that, that he has. And there is a voice that is always there. But it's a voice that can so often be drowned out by the noise. The noise of other voices. The other voices that we give priority to. And we give our perspective to. And we give our attention to. God is a gentleman. And he never, ever demands our attention. He never demands that we listen to him. He knows that what he says will have greater benefit than anything else we're listening to. He doesn't make us listen to him. Because he's a gentleman. I want to read a passage here from... Uh, Matthew. Uh, it's one of the parables that Jesus told. And it's Matthew 25, 
verse 1 to 13. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom's, uh, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all came, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, "Look, the bridegroom is coming! Come out and meet him!" All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, "Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out." But the others replied. We don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourself. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you, uh, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. There were ten bridesmaids. Five of them were paying attention. Five of them paid attention and anticipated the delay. Five of them went to the feast. Five of them were not prepared whatsoever. Five of them came unprepared and were referred to as foolish, and they missed out. It says the five actually were wise. Five bridesmaids who were wise. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from God. They were listening. That's my, I take from that, 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 that there is a way in which you can walk through your life, a way where you listen and a way where you don't listen. And when you don't listen, you miss out on the feast. You miss out on the greatness that God has, the opportunities that he has. But when you do listen, when you incline your ear towards God, when you allow his words to wash over you, then you benefit. Then you walk the best path that he has for you. He has amazing things. He, 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 his influence, when we engage ourselves to participate in that relationship with him, his influence is enough to shift the path of circumstances towards the best outcome. I have felt God so many times just shifting me, just nudging me into the correct route. And in doing that, I've just, I've found just the greatest outcomes. And I've, to be honest, I've, I've adopted over the last couple of years particularly a, a sort of a different outlook on life. I, I attribute every good thing in my life to God. What I mean by that is like even the most mundane and seemingly naturally occurring things in my life, I just give it to God. I just say, you know what? I, because I wanted those things to happen. Like I want, that was how I wanted circumstances to turn out. Or I have been blessed by the way those circumstances have turned out. And so why would I give anything other than God credit for it? If you ever, just because it didn't happen with a, you know, a clap of thunder or anything like that, just because it seemed natural, well, it didn't, wasn't happening natural before you brought yourself before God or before you petitioned God, before, before God heard what you said. And that, that's what I kind of just believe is that God is listening in to way more than we ever realize. And so I would be guilty, I would rather be guilty of God, giving God too much credit than not enough. And the reality is I'll never give God anywhere near the level of credit that he deserves. But at least I shouldn't discount stuff. The worst thing you can do is say, oh, will that happen naturally? But it's what you wanted to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's what you wanted to happen. So whether it happened by hook, hook, uh, <laughs> just manifested. <laughs> whether it happened naturally or supernaturally, it was still God. It was still God. 
But, and now I'm getting to the crux, the real crux of my message. If, if God's words are so life-altering, why do we often not hear them? We, I get a sense that I feel like I'm sometimes trying to navigate through life. And I can be a bit unsure of not just the destination, but also the route. I can feel quite, I don't really know where I'm going here, God. And, and I'm listening but when it comes to it, when I'm praying, I think I'm guilty that I'm not really listening. Actually, I think I predominantly want God to listen to me. See, when I... This is me at my absolute most honest I could possibly be on stage. And when I thought of this, it was kind of like quite a sort of a, a humbling moment. But when I speak to God, I often want Him to do stuff for me. When I speak to God, I want him to listen to me and to do what I ask. Fix something. Sort something out. Give me something. Answer me. When I come before God, my requests are the things I'm most interested in. And not that they're always self-centered, because I pray for other people, but... The requests are still something that originate from me. They're still something that come from me. Not listening, rather asking. And it kind of disturbs me a bit when I think about it. That so much of my relationship with God is predicated upon my expectation. That he will listen to me and answer my requests. When I was young, I had a, really young, I had a friend called John. He wasn't really called John, but I'm calling him John. <laughs> but he was real. <laughs> and he wasn't a Christian. But he told me once that he did pray. He, he had asked God to heal his grandfather. His grandfather was very ill and looked like he was about to die. But despite him praying for his grandfather, his grandfather still died. And so... My friend surmised that either God wasn't real or he didn't care. And so in turn, my friend decided he didn't care. And so he prayed no more. Now that can seem maybe to some of us here a little silly, maybe a little immature, maybe a little shallow. But I would ask us all here today that how many of our communications with God can have such narrow pathways. You know, we, we want something. We've kind of decided on what the answer is. And we bring that answer before God. And we just say, God, this is the answer. Give me it. Give me it. Give me it. I, I, I take possession of it. <laughs> and we use all the righteous words. <laughs> and we bombard God with plea after plea. And then the recriminations. Why, God, have you forsaken me? <laughs> or it's just this experience. Give me this experience. I want this experience. I must experience this. But not really with any plan to, to pass that on to any other human being. That it just be something that we can gorge ourselves upon. It's not that, that God doesn't have all of these amazing riches. All of the things that we could possibly want. 
It's just that I think that he intended prayer for our communion to him to constitute something greater than us asking for it all of the time. Prayer is not about us performing for him so that he might give us what we want. That we give all the histrionics and the tears and the cries. God's looking for a relationship. I want to read this verse. Hebrews 11 verse 1. And it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Often, when we think about this verse, traditionally when we think about this verse, we think about it in relation to material things. You can often look at it as a verse that sort of says, you know, have faith in things and, and, and God will sort of answer them. But I read this recently and I felt like God was saying, what if you read that and it isn't like an open statement, but it's a closed statement? See, within the context of being a Christian, we pursue a constantly deepening relationship with God. That's what we're pursuing. That's what being a Christian is. It's, it's about engaging in a relationship with God that you want to go deeper, that you want to go further. That's why Jesus gave his life, that we might have a relationship with God. Therefore, faith is my hope of a deeper relationship with God and an assurance that I have a real relationship with God. That's what faith is. All else, everything else can flow out of this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Well, I hope for a relationship with God. I hope for a relationship with God. And I have assurance that I have a relationship with God. And so everything, every want, wish, or desire in my life can come second to the fact that I want to know him more. And guess what? He know, when, when we realize how well we know him, we begin to realize that all of our wishes, all of our desires, he already knows. That we don't have to give so much of our time to just make sure you remind him. In case he might have forgotten. And yet we see the times that he answers the prayers we didn't even pray. He's like, God, amazing. The most important thing to him is that relationship. The most important thing. See, God, God is not like Amazon at all. He doesn't define us by our wish list. He doesn't define, when he sees us, he doesn't look at all the material needs and all the material desires that we have. Rather, they're not the first thing he sees. They're the first things we often bring up. But it's not the first thing he sees. He sees a child. He sees a person who he wants to engage with, who he sees all of the areas of our lives that he wants to enhance and resolve, to bring wisdom to, to bring completeness to, to mend, and just draw closer to him. That's, that's when God is ceaselessly talking to us, when God is constantly looking to engage. It's because he wants a relationship that is real, that is not predicated on what we can get out of it, 
just, that we can engage with, with a God who just so desperately wants to just connect with us. Beyond anything, beyond anything that we could ever want, a relationship is the only thing that fulfills us. A relationship with God is the only thing that fulfills us. I know that God tonight just... I know that there there are people here tonight that just are feeling that little bit of ache. And I know that my words might have cut a bit deep. They cut a bit deep when I first thought them. But God has such a a great liberty that, that he wants to sort of unveil upon us. That we don't need to be held captives to the things that we don't have. But he wants to present to us that he is everything and we do have him. He is everything. He is everything. Everything in every circumstance. Everything in every situation. Everything that you could ever need. Everything that you could ever want. That is our God. If you could all just just bow your heads for a second. I just want everyone just to have that moment. Where the distractions are gone. And it's just you and God. Dearly Father, God, I just, I thank you for a people here who are constantly looking for just, just to understand you. To come into a place where, where they can learn about you. Where they can just find the ways and find the roots and the paths to just, to just receiving all that you have for them. You are a God who looks to fill us. And we are people who want to leave fulfilled. I just pray for every single person here tonight. Anyone who might be a little bit confused, might feel like they just, they're not sure how to do that engage. Not sure how to to connect. That just you would show them it right now. That just you would speak that voice. That the noise would be drowned out. And there would just be your still, silent voice. Speaking truth. The voice of truth is one that when we hear it, we cannot unhear it. Just pray revelation. Just sit upon us tonight that we would leave with a new perspective, with an altered reality, with an altered understanding of who you are. In the name of Jesus. Just if everyone just keeps their eyes shut. If you're here tonight, And that relationship with God, a relationship that that builds you, a relationship that completes you, mends you, promotes you, a relationship that is one based on love, not conditions, just one of love, just one of acceptance, one of belonging. If that's a relationship... Maybe it's the sort of relationship you've been looking for for your whole life. But if you're here this evening and and you just feel that God's sort of pressing on your heart, just feel like that, that is something that you want. That's something you want to engage in. That's something you want to connect with. If that is you, just while every eye is shut, every head is bowed, and it's just you and God, I just ask that you just pop your hand in the air just to show me just as like a declaration to say yeah that's what I want 
I'm not going to pull you at the front. I'm not going to make a spectacle of you or anything like that. This is, this is really just for you, just to say, yeah, yeah, I'm taking hold of that. I want that. I want that change in my life. I want that in my life. If that's you this evening, if that's what you want, then I just ask, just, just pop your hand up right now. Just pop your hand up right now. and Just take hold of that. I'm just going to give everyone a moment. If that's you, if that's you, just I encourage you, put your hand up. It's the best decision you could ever make. Maybe you feel like you've been away from God for a, for a long time and that, that relationship doesn't feel as new as it once did and, and you just want to declare tonight, yeah, I want that. I want that back. I want to just re-engage with that first love. If that's you, if that's you this evening, you just want to, you want to reconnect with God, then I also encourage you, just, just pop your hand in the air right now. Thank you, God. I'm just going to give everyone else just one more moment. If that's you, and you want that relationship, you want to take hold of that, just pop your hand in the air right now and say, yes, God. Yes, God, that's me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that just you are here and you are talking to us and that you engage with us. That you are the God of all creation. And yet, you have not just time for me, but a heart for me and a desire that I might know you better. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory here this evening. We lift your name up high. We glorify you and thank you that you are all that we could ever want and more besides. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, that is the service at a close.